0: Prayer is a very important part of our walk with God. And if you're having trouble living for God, learn how to pray. Amen. That'll make it where you can. Amen. Live for God. And uh, so Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 1 through verse number 5. The scripture says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And while beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Now this is what Jesus said about people like that. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Ho, 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 don't sit down there. Pulled a surprise attack on you right now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer for this service today and ask God to bless the Word, and bless us to receive the Word, and let's ask a special blessing upon the Jeff Cope family. I'm not sure what... Anyway, read uh, Peterson, let's ask God to help them today, the Peterson family that are suffering from the loss of a loved one. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for those needs right now. God, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your blessings today. We ask you, God, in your precious name that you would touch these families, touch the Jeffcoat family today. God, you see their pain. You see their hurting. Lord, we ask you to touch our families that are closely connected in this church. God, your strength, your help, your blessing, your comfort in the time of need, in the time of loss. We ask you, God, to touch the Peterson family today, help them, strengthen them today. We ask you, Lord, for your blessings upon this service, for your blessings upon your word. Anoint it today, anoint our ears, our hearts, and our spirits, God, to receive your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Now you may be seated lord bless you and uh, good to have brother carol in church today amen so in the reading of the word of the lord this is a very familiar passage of scripture that we have read from that has been talked about many 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 times and uh, from a lot of different angles and been uh, <clears throat> it's been quoted it's been Misquoted, It's been understood and misunderstood. And uh, so I, I want to preach to you from this subject this morning. Eyes touched by God. Eyes touched by God. I, I look in this scripture and uh, reading the word of God. The first thing that it tells us in verse number 1. It says, Judge not, that you be not judged. Then it tells us, For what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Whatever judgment you judge someone else or some other situation, that is the same judgment that you will be judged with. And so the scripture goes on to tell us that while... We are looking at a mote that is in our brother's eye. We need to consider ourselves because we have a beam in our own eye. Now, this word mote simply means that it is a small piece of straw or a small particle that is in our brother's eye. And when we look at the word being, you see these things right up here? Those dark brown things? Those are beings. And so we are looking at something very small in someone else and we look over the very large things that is in our own life. And then it tells us that we should not be to the place where we're not offering help. Now, a lot of people say, well, we should never, we should never, uh, uh, you know, I I don't know the proper term to use here, but, but we should never look at anything that would be sin or would be wrong because that is being judgmental. That is not correct. I believe that God has called us to preach against sin and to live free from sin and above sin. And so it tells us that it is not wrong to, to want to help somebody. But before we are so quick to offer advice on what someone else should do, we should look at our own self and get our own self right first. So uh, the old saying is sweep around your own front door. Amen. It's kind of like telling your neighbor you ought to clean your yard up, and we got ten junk cars sitting in our own yard, and we got a dog out there that's tore up trash all over the yard, and we haven't worried about picking it up, but we want them to be perfect. Amen. So, so here the scripture says, but let's look at ourselves. Let a man examine himself. And see where we have come up short and things that we should change. And then, if you do that, then you can help someone else. And there is a way to help that is not being judgmental. And uh, there is a way that God has called us to be a help to someone. But what I am talking about today is, is the eyes. The eyes. The scripture tells us the importance of the eyes. And I... I, I, could, I, I don't know what would be the most detrimental thing to have uh, a sickness or a disease in life and uh, I just prefer not to have any because there's so many troublesome things that can happen to a human body but blindness would be a terrible thing to have because you would not ever be able to see uh, any of God's beauty that he has created. Uh, You would not be able to see a sunrise. Some people have failed to see some of them in their lives anyway, but you would not be able to see a sunrise or a beautiful sunset or the majestic mountains that God has created or uh, the beauty of a child that you're able to hold uh, that God has blessed you with. There is so many things that you would not be able to enjoy if you had blindness. But something far worse than physical blindness is spiritual blindness. The scripture tells us about spiritual blindness. In Isaiah chapter 51, in verse number 10, it says, We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 23 it says, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is thy darkness, that darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse number 4 it says, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of this glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Who had blinded their eyes? The scripture said... That the God of this world. Have you ever ever just been amazed at people that look at the word of God. And there are good people that do not know this glorious truth. And they they have read the scripture and they have studied the scripture. But it seems like they are blinded to the fact of who Jesus really is. Amen. They are blinded to the fact of the mighty God in Christ. They are blinded to the fact of Jesus' name, baptism. And I have seen people that have been blinded to these facts and these truths that are in the Scripture. And I have had the opportunity to talk to those who did not know this glorious gospel and uh, had never been enlightened to this wonderful enlightenment of truth. And I have had the privilege to talk to them and, and to discuss to them the scripture and try to explain to them. And, and they sit there and they're, they're looking. You can show them the scripture and, and still they, they look at it as if they're blind and they cannot understand. And then I have talked to those who did not know this glorious truth and, and read to them the scripture and explain to them the word of God. And all of a sudden you could see the light come on in their eyes. And you could see the expression on their face where they say, I got it. I understand it. I have talked to young people that have been raised in this glorious truth. And have known the scriptures from a child. But still they have not gotten a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. And when the light comes on, the expression changes in their face. And, and uh, the look in their eyes changes. And it's no longer something that they have heard. But they have got a revelation of who God really is. Amen. You ever experience that? Yeah. Amen. That, that you... you may have been taught all your life, or you may have come into this this wonderful truth out of false doctrine, and, and when it was explained to you, all of a sudden the light come on. Amen. All of a sudden you you got a glimpse of who Jesus really is. That He's not just a prophet. That He's not just a good man, but it's like Peter said, Thou art the Christ. Amen. The light come on because your eyes had been touched by God. And uh, enlightenment of the truth in Psalms chapter 18 and verse 28 it says, For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Psalms 119 and 130 says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. The entrance of Thy Word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The Word of God is not complicated. The Godhead is not a mystery that no man can understand. Amen. The Trinity may be a mystery that no man can understand and I Don't want to be offensive to you today if you are under that belief. But the Godhead is not under a mystery that cannot be understood. Great is the mystery, the Word of God said in 1 Timothy 3.16. But then the Word of God explains the mystery of who Jesus Christ really is. Amen. Some things are a mystery because they are not true. You cannot understand something that is not true. But the entrance of God's Word, if you'll get in this Word and look in the Word, you'll find who Jesus really is. And it bringeth light and understanding to the simple. Acts chapter 26, in verse number 18, it says, To open... Their eyes. Now, this is what must take place that God must open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What the writer was saying is that their eyes shall be open. And when their eyes are opened, they turn from darkness to light. And they are given forgiveness. They're turned from the power of Satan. That the gods of this world, as we read just a minute ago, had blinded the eyes of those who they where they cannot see truth, that they have turned from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which the power that is sanctified by faith that is in me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding. Be enlightened. That ye may know what is the hope of His calling. And what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the ex- exceeding greatness of His power. To us word who believe according to To the working of His mighty power. Now what the scripture is saying here. That our Lord Jesus Christ. will, Will give the spirit of wisdom and revelation to the knowledge. And He is going to open the understanding of your eyes. That you may be enlightened to the hope of your calling. That when God calls you He will enlighten your eyes and the riches of your glory into the inheritance what is the inheritance of his saints now how do we receive that this does not come by uh, your intelligence it does not come by all that you have heard but it comes by the anointed eyes of God that when God touches you and when God turns a light switch on and when God changes what you have been to what you are going to become and God turns a light on where you can see who Jesus Christ really is and the importance of salvation and then God gives you the call and the hope of your calling. Amen. This comes by eyes that are touched by God. And then when God touches your eyes in First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, ye are a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who had called you out of darkness. That you were groping in darkness. That you staggered in darkness. That you have been wandering in darkness. It's just like walking around with your eyes shut all the time. And with the blindfold on where you can't tell if it's day or night. You're groping in darkness trying to find direction. But when Jesus turned the light switch on... To your understanding of who He really is. And your understanding that I must repent. And that I must be born again of water and of spirit. Now this is what Jesus told Nicodemus in in the scripture. Uh, And and He said in in John chapter 3, I, I believe it is. that He said, Nicodemus come by night. He come blinded to the truth. Not only blinded to the truth, but he come to Jesus by night. And he asked him, he said, now we know that you're some type of prophet. And Jesus said, what you need to understand is that you must be born again. And he said, now how can a man when he is old enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And he said, by you, you're not understanding. You're not comprehending what I am saying, and I don't know that that that, uh, that Nicodemus left there understanding what Jesus was talking about. But he said, "You must be born again of water and of spirit." Let me tell you something. You don't get that by shaking my hand. You don't get that by saying the sinner's prayer. But you get that by repenting of your sins. You get that by water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, like the Bible said, for the remission of your sins. Amen. You get that by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God, which God poured out in the last days to His church. Just like happened on the day of Pentecost amen in the book of Acts that reveals it to us now with all of that said that's not what I really came to preach to us about this morning and you're saying well you better hurry up amen so I'm going to try to hurry but that is important that your eyes that God must touch your eyes to the understanding of The scripture and the understanding of what he is trying to say to his church. That it is important for you to understand the plan of salvation. Listen at me. If you don't have a revelation and an understanding of the plan of salvation, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. You don't do it just because that's what somebody told you. But you pray, God, give me an understanding. Give me a revelation. Let me get it for myself. Not on somebody else's experience, but for myself. Now, the scripture tells us the importance of our eyes being touched by God. One example of this is in the book of Numbers. Where... Moses had sent 12 spies out to spy out the promised land. A land that God had already given the children of Israel. All they had to do was cross over Jordan and take it. Because it was a promise of God. And so he sent out these 12 spies. And they all come back. And 10 of them come back with an evil report. And they said, surely it is a good land. Surely it is a great land. Surely it is a blessed land. Surely it's just like God told us it was going to be. But there's one problem. We can't take it. We can't do it. We can't conquer it. Because there are fenced cities. There are cities with walls around them. They are cities with with giants in them. And we look as if we are grasshoppers in their sight. But there were two men named Joshua and the other named Caleb that said, we are well-able. We are well-prepared. We are well-capable. Of going and possessing the land that God had promised us. Now what was the difference in these two men and the other ten? And why does people believe an evil report over a good report? Is it amazing how bad news travels faster than good news? Oh, y'all, wake up just a little bit. You know, you don't have to send out invitations to a funeral. You ever thought about that? You don't, have, you don't have to. You don't have to send out invitations. You don't have to plan for it. You better be planning for it for a long time if it's yours. But you don't have to. You don't have to have rehearsal. You don't have to have everything just right. It just happens and. People just some way find out. But a wedding, you have to send out invitations months in advance. Graduations, you must send out invitations months in advance. Because it's just something that when tragedy happens or bad news takes place, you don't have to Oh, praise God. Y'all <laughs> Y'all got some kind of expressions on your face this morning. Y'all, y'all missing that hour of sleep back. But you don't <laughs> y'all might think the way I sound, I'm missing it too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you you don't you don't have to tell somebody. You you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to publish it when when somebody does something they shouldn't do in the church you don't you don't have to you don't have to get up and make an announcement if somebody commits adultery in the church it just everybody just finds out oh y'all shocked that that would ever happen I know you are, but <laughs> it happened in in back in the bible times too you don't have, you don't have to publish that it just goes because bad news travels now, if somebody got the Holy Ghost, now you have to go out and tell that, and nobody really gets excited about it and it't it don 't it don't really uh, encourage or discourage too many folks because it 's not a bad big deal, but you let somebody do something wrong and My Lord, have mercy. I don't know if I can go back down there and go to church with them people or not. Boy, I tell you right now, I just, I I don't know about that. Boy, that pastor ought to do something about that. I feel like you ought to run them off. That's, tell you what, if I was in control, that's what I'd do. But, But good news, you have to, you have to flash it on the sign. You have to, you have to, Posted up on the walls. Hey, this happened. Man, look, listen. listen. My goodness. People don't even want a Facebook. Good news. But boy, you let something happen that shouldn't happen. My Lord, have mercy. So that, what, what happened? What happened in these two groups? A small group of two and a larger group of ten. Now this is what the word of God said about it. When he got ready and he was, he, God was chasing them around in the, in the wilderness for 40 years until all of those who did not believe died off. And he said, surely they shall not see the land. Who's not going to see the land? These who brought back the evil report and all of those who believed. The evil report. I "I tell you what, we need to do something with this Moses. We need to pick us another leader that will take us back. Where we come from. I don't know about you today, but I'm not looking to go back where I come from. I'm looking to go to the promised land. I'm looking for the promises that God has set up for me. They shall not see the land. So be careful when you hear an evil report and be careful when you believe an evil report because those who said the evil report that brought back the evil report and those who believed the evil report had the same outcome of their life. They walked around in circles for 40 years and they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years until every last one of them died. So don't listen to evil reports and don't believe evil reports. The scripture said something like this. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any blessing, if there be anything good in it, what are you supposed to do? Think on these things. How many believe that? Amen. Some of you don't, but that's okay. Maybe you will before we get through. Think on these things. This is what you're supposed to allow your mind to dwell on. Like the old saying is, you can't stop the bird from flying over your head. But you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. Amen. You can't stop somebody from what they tell you. But you can put a swift end to them ever telling you again. Amen. So what was the difference? The scripture said, now these are going to wander around in the wilderness. Neither shall shall any of them that provoke me see it. God said, they provoke me because of their evil report. So what is he going to do in return? They shall not see the promised land. But my servant Caleb, and this is not anything critical against Joshua at all, but he was speaking about Caleb at this present time. And you could lump Joshua in with this because they got to see the promised land together. He said, but my servant Caleb, why is he going to see it? Why did he come back with a different report than the other ten? Because he had another spirit within him. Even because he had had eyes that had been touched by God. Amen, that when he walked over into the promised land, his eyes were not focused on the giants, but his eyes looked at the grapes that were so large that it took two men to carry one cluster. His eyes were not focused upon the cities but his eyes was focused upon the house that he was going to get the claim. I want to tell you today church if you're having problems living for God if you're having problems serving God you need to get your eyes touched by God where you can see your victory and you can see your promises instead of your shortcomings and your failures and the failures and the shortcomings of your Your brothers. Amen. And had followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whither into he went, and his seed shall possess it. Amen. Eyes touched by God. Eyes that are touched by God. We look in the scripture in 2nd Kings chapter number 6 it tells us a story of a war that was going on a war that had been raging for some time and there was a king of Syria that was trying to come against the king of Israel and every time the war the the secretary of war would would sit down with the king of Syria and they would draw out a plan how to attack the household of Israel and the king of Israel. When they would get ready to pull off the sneak attack, the, the king of Israel would already know what was going on and he would be prepared And he'd have his defenses up, ready for the king of Syria. The king of Syria comes in and he has a meeting. And he talks to all of his leaders, all of his generals, all of his leaders of war. And he says, look, there's a traitor in the house somewhere. There's a spy in our midst somewhere. Because everything that we do, we say in secret. When we go out to bring it to pass that the king of Israel already knows what we're going to do. And he's prepared. So they begin to look for the spy. They come back with the answer and said, Oh king, it's not somebody in our own ranks. It's not somebody in amongst us. But it is a prophet that is over there in Dothan." And everything that you think, when you think it, God's already told him. If, you, if it even crosses your mind, God has already told him what you're going to do. So the king decided that the proper thing to do would be surround the city where the prophet of God was. And so they gathered the army together and they come down and they surround the city. And there they compass it about. And Elisha is there with this servant and uh, they hear a commotion outside. And Elisha sends his servant out and he says, Tell me what you see. And the servant comes back in the house and the servant looks at the prophet of God. And he says, Oh prophet, we are surrounded by the Syrian army. They're on every hilltop. They're in every valley. They're on every street. They are surrounded us. And then Elisha looked at his servant. And the scripture said in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Amen. And God anointed this servant's eyes. And when he went back out, he saw the host of the children of God. Amen. And he come back and he told the prophet, he said, I'm seeing the same things that you're seeing. What happened was that God touched his eyes. I want to tell you, some of you sees your problem. You can only see your trouble. You can only see what you cannot do anything about. I come to tell somebody in this place this morning that if you would allow God to touch your eyes, amen, touch your spiritual eyes where you no longer see the problem, but in the problem you see a victory, amen, in the trouble and in the trial you see a testimony. I want to tell somebody in this place today that when God touches your eyes, it Changes what you see. It changes who you are. It changes the direction that you're going. If you were to get eyes that have been touched by God. Amen. Amen. What do you see, Joshua? Joshua and Caleb is spending the night with ten other men, and they are discussing what they've seen. Man, did you see those giants out there today? And Joshua and Caleb said, But you, did you see those grapefruit on those trees? And and they begin to say... Uh, Did you see those walled cities? Amen. And Joshua and Caleb said, Man, did you see those big houses that we're going to get to live in? That is our inheritance because God has already given it to us. Amen. I come to tell somebody today that God has already told you that Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. God has already said, Hey, I called you out of a world of darkness into a world of marvelous light. Hallelujah. 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 You know what happened? As the prophet of God was standing there, and him and his servant was looking, and what they were seeing was not the enemy, but what they were seeing was the whole host of the army of God. Amen, God can change where it looks like that that what looked like your enemy amen, and what looked like the devil had set it up for your downfall. Amen. It's just a stepping stone to victory. Amen. The devil says, Look at everybody that is against you, but greater is he that is for me. Amen. Than everybody in the world. Let the world come against me. Let the devil say what he might and do what he will. But I've been touched by God. Amen. I've been touched by God. I've been touched by God, and God shall bring me to victory. Amen. 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 So many times we're looking not at what we have, but we're looking at what we don't have. Amen. Some has made mistakes, and some has come up short in your living for God. And let me tell you that's not God's plan. And that's not God's will. But you have allowed the devil and the adversary of your soul that's out to destroy you and out to damn your soul to hell, keep you bent over under shame and under discouragement. Amen. And you're walking along, I'm going to church, but I'm just barely making it. It's not God's will that you just barely make it. Amen. It's not God's will that you live a disheartened and disgruntled and dissatisfied life but it is God's will that He would touch you Amen, don't worry about the problem don't worry about the failure when you've repented over the failure, Amen, greater is He that is in you Hallelujah Hallelujah Greater Greater, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, Amen. as They would sit there every night in the days that they spent in the enemy territory, Amen. Don't you know that you're on the enemy side of the Jordan River, Amen? But look at this place, Joshua. Look over, come here, come here, come here, Caleb. Look at this. This is going to be my property me. Amen. Some of you has allowed the devil to say it's mine and you can't have it. But I want to tell you when God touches you. Amen. When God touches your eyes and God changes your vision. Amen. You don't see what you can have but you see what God is going to bless you with. Hallelujah. 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 10 are saying we could never make it. As 10 are saying we could never do it. As 10 are saying there's no way. As 10 are saying it can't happen. As 10 are saying it can't come to pass. Amen, there's two that say, oh, yes it can. Oh, yes it can. It can happen. Amen, it can come to pass. God is going to do it. God is going to make a way. When the devil says there is no way, God already had a way of escape. Amen, I want to tell you in your trouble that the devil said you can't get out of it. Amen, you are born under trouble and you're never going to have victory you were born to failure. You were born to mistake. You might have been naturally born to failure. You might have been naturally born a mistake. But when you were born again. Amen. God changed your outlook. God changed your name. God changed you from who you were. To what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Praise. alcohol craven family you might have been born unto a drug taking family you might have been born unto a bunch of losers And raised in people that did not care. Amen. But I want to tell you when you come to the house of God. You see the promised land. And you got a glimpse through the eyes of God. Amen. It's not just these natural eyes. But the Apostle Paul said. I've seen through the spiritual eyes. There is a crown that is laid up for me. Amen. And where it is. I am. Going. Hallelujah. 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 So what the prophet said. The prophet says. Now you get a glimpse. Of all of these. This host of God. That has surrounded us. And he said there's more for us. Than there are against us. What you've been looking at. Everybody's against me everybody's against me. Woe is me. Nobody likes me. Don't y'all agree with me? Woe is me. The whole world is against me. But the prophet of God said, look here, young man. There's more for us than's against us. I can't make it. There's more already crossed over to the Promised Land than what's here on this side. We are surpassed about with a so great a cloud of witnesses. I believe it was Apostle Paul that said, "We are compassed about with so great a cloud. What's he saying? There's already so many of the church that's already proven the fact that you can make it. There's already so many of the church that's already left this world to the promised land and they're enjoying heaven right now that proves to us, hey, you can come where I am. Jesus said you may be also the promised land. Heaven is already given to you today. Just God, God, touch my eyes. Touch my eyes that I can see. If we put our hope in this world only, we'd be among men most miserable. And when you don't have the anointed eyes of God, you are looking. The world. The world's in chaos today. The world's in trouble. America is in trouble today. Gas is going to be somewhere around five dollars a gallon. They're predicting by summer. Imagine that. Already now, hundred dollars won't even fill up some of our vehicles. Imagine what it's going to be like. And we start fretting. And we start worrying. Oh God, how's the election going to turn out? I want to tell you. God's in control of this whole thing. Oh God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do then? What are we going to do if this what we gonna? You ever sit around and worried about, what am I going to do if this happens? This ain't even happened yet. But what am I going to do if this happens? I've got to have a plan. I no, that's not called a plan. That's called worry. And I know about worry because I'm a worry wart. I know about worrying. I think but if this happened, this, this and this and this and this and this, and God said, "Won't you go pray and get your eyes anointed, where you don't worry about what if this, what if this, what if what if this happens, and this is going?" My Lord, what what if we have what if we have revival? What if my children are saved? What what if they come back to the house? What if my mama? Co- what if my daddy? What if my grandma? What if my grandpa? What if my neighbor? Amen. Instead of worrying, looking through these eyes. What am I going to do? What am I going to do if I lose my job? People live their whole life worried about what they're going to do if they lose your job. But when you get your eyes and you get them off of your problems and on to your victory. Where your problem turns into your victory. Amen. Amen. To where my trouble turns into a stepping stone to get me closer to God. I'm just closer to heaven. I'm just getting closer to God. What the devil meant for your destruction when you've got anointed eyes. God has turned it around what the devil meant to destroy you and it's going to be a blessing unto you. So the prophet of God said, God, I tell you what I want you to do. Now, now, now we got we got a host of God's army here, but what I want you to do, I want you to smote this Syrian army. What did he smote them with? Ain't that amazing? He prayed that God. I'm getting ready to close. And y'all get ready to sing, and y'all get ready to rejoice. God opened the eyes of the servant. He anointed his eyes where he could see the glory of God. And then the enemy, he blinded their eyes where they could not see who they were even coming against. And so you know what he done? He took them and he led all of those blinded, right into the camp of the army of the children of God. Isn't that amazing? You ought to read that story. He led them right in there. They didn't know where they were going. He said, come on, follow me, boys. Get them them by the hand there. Everybody join hands. And the, the God that you serve today has taken your enemy when you get these eyes anointed are looking through spiritual eyes the God that you serve said okay enemy, y'all join hands and he smote your enemy with blindness, your enemies wandering around, they're frailing in the dark in the night trying to find what, what am I even here for who am I trying to find, what am I trying to come against them for he has scrambled their minds and their vision but he's given you vision where you can see the things of God in the blessings of God. The hope that is in God. But your enemy, they're confused. Now how? I come against them. How is this happening? And they start trying to get away. And the prophet. Some of you in this place this morning needs to turn the tide on the devil. The devil has blinded your eyes to the things of God and the blessing that is in God. And what you need to do right now is you need to turn the tide on the devil (coughs) and say, God anoint my eyes and God smote my enemy with blindness that they can't even find where I'm at. God can hide you in the cliff of the rock and let the storm pass by. And when God has got you hid in the cliff of the rock the storm can rage and do what it might But it can't hurt you because God has got you hid from the enemy that's trying to destroy. Let's all stand right now. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Everybody with me. God, in your precious name, you see every need, you see every problem, you see every situation. God, I know that You are a miracle worker. I know that Your Word will not go out void. God, but You see Your people tonight. You see every person today, every person that's in this place right now. I pray that You would work. Come on, somebody reach out to God. If you need something from God, God is in this place. If you need help from God, If the devil has been distorting your vision and you need your vision touched by God, I I want you to step out by faith right now. Come to this front, lift up your hands toward heaven and say, God, anoint mine eyes. Anoint mine eyes, oh God, that I can see the problems as promises that I can see the trials as victory in Jesus' name. Anybody else today? Anybody else right now need a touch from God? You need God to touch your eyes. You're going through a trial right now that's about to destroy you. Why don't you let God touch your eyes today and see the victory and see the victory and see the victory that's on the way That see the victory that is there if you don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost this morning why don't you make your way to this front and say God touch my eyes touch my heart touch my spirit God change my life give me direction give me hope give me understanding Lord hallelujah hallelujah would you come today would you reach out to god today come on come on as a church gathers around all of these that came find somebody to pray with just for a few minutes this morning in jesus name